Happy Tuesday. It feels like Monday for me because it's my first day of the week here. want to thank our sponsors for making this show possible. Of course, our friends at Monaco Brewing, Kirk Bankstead, really killing it and uh, helping out with that primary in Wisconsin when it comes to that Supreme Court, one of the most important races in the country. He's got an event coming up this Thursday in Madison, Wisconsin. So follow Monaco Brewing on their Facebook page to find out more. And if you're on the Patty Vasquez show page, you will find out where you can pick up a progressive brew in the Chicagoland area. want to thank our friends at Kids Above All, helping children re- reach their potential and support the work that they do there, making sure that kids feel supported and healthy and safe. You can go to kidsaboveall.org. And we want to thank our friend Warren Price from European and U.S. Car Service over by there at 4080 North Broadway and uh, Irving Park Road. Uh, it's right over there, right, right, right by there. And uh, if you give him a call, if you ever have a fender bender, 773 248 1200 is the number to have in your car. Have it handy because Warren will take care of you. And if you have something that goes wrong with your car that he can't fix, he will, or that is not within the parameters of what they do over by there, you get, he'll make sure that you are taken care of at one of the great Chicago mechanics in the Chicagoland area. Joining me in the studio is comedian uh, Paul Farr, comedian and pod, podcast host Paul Farfar uh-huh, from Singles uh-huh. Only, and just had your first uh, new show at the Laugh Factory last night. Stand yeah. up, stand up, sit down. Yeah, hi Patty. Thanks hi. for having me. Uh, yeah, it was called Stand Ups Sit Down. Uh, it was just an awesome show with uh, comedians doing their sets, and then we sit and talk about it. It was fun, like a Monday new material type thing. Yeah, you know? okay. I like I'll, those things. I'll come play. Yeah, if you, you can if do you it. have me. Of course, I didn't mean absolutely. To insinuate myself. And you were so funny and so great on Sunday night. At oh, that the was Patty. such a fun show. Well, that was one of the best ones we've. Yeah, had. I like the crowd. I a lot. thought that was solid. Yeah, yeah, that was a really wonderful crowd. So thank you to everyone who came out and Diane, who was a a listener, uh, Kathy, who's a new friend from the Edge uh, an Edgebrook uh, organization. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, a, a remote broadcast on Thursday for an, the 45th Ward Aldermanic Forum. Uh, are you clo- following your aldermanic race in your community? Is that uh, with uh, Knudsen and uh, Rebecca yes. Janowitz? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm getting a lot of flyers from them, so uh-huh. I'm reading some of them. Do you have any preferences on either? I don't know yet. Okay. No, I'm actually curious to see who aligns with me and who... Uh, who uh, can talk to me about West Wing, <laughs> my new show. I'm not familiar with Rebecca Janowitz. No. I know that she's putting a lot of money into her race, so as some people who are able to self-fund do. She has a lot of flyers. I've, I've gotten uh, Every day I've gotten a new flyer from her. Every day? Every day. Yeah. I just got some of the first mail from the 45th Ward uh, candidates, and uh, and I'm curious to see, because a lot of so you only have two candidates in your race, so yeah. this will be it. For us, we have six so chances are there will be a runoff. So a lot of these candidates are essentially having to fundraise for two races. So it'll yes, be so you have to keep you have to you have to strategize. Yes, um, she uh, Rebecca had a commercial too. I saw on mm-hmm. uh, during the news too on TV. So she. That's a lot of money, right? Oh, she, I believe, last time I saw, I believe her self-funded campaign was in the seven digits. What? Yeah. For an alderman race? Yeah. Oh, it's one of the most powerful positions in the city, obviously. And I know, some people but... really I know. For it's a hundred and forty three thousand dollar year job. Well, she's apparently had a very good couple of years. What does she what did she She's an attorney. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 
See, to Paul, if you just. Go, I, go. I read the. I read like the. St- Here's the thing. I'm a single uh, male, uh, no children. So a lot of those issues that they put in the flyers have to do with schooling, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't really have a. Uh, I don't have a, a dog in. You, you know? have a stake in, a, the a only stake thing, in that. Yeah, I don't have a, the thing that I am like. Well, that means my taxes are going to go up. Which one's going to be less property tax? That's mm-hmm. that's how I think. Unless it's like something crazy, where they support something that's socially. Uh, I don't agree with. Well, and for the most part in the city, for the most part, except for maybe a couple of the races in my area. But uh, for the most part, obviously, a lot of Democrats, uh, you have, yes, it's on the issues. A lot of people are running on public safety. Yes. Is that something that is That's affecting? important to me. And I, and neither the the flyers address that. Oh. Uh, and, and, I mean, other than like, you know, the, the, the double talk, you know, I want to know what's going to happen. And so. I believe your alder person right now, Alderman uh, Knudsen, was appointed, by the way. Yes, he was. Because Alderwoman uh, Michelle Smith uh, stepped down last yeah. summer. And she's, a, she's, uh, she's supporting the, the other, uh, Rebecca. She is? I think so. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's, is that true? I, I'm pretty I sure. Don't, okay. If you say, I, I, I have, could be wrong. I haven't followed that closely. I'll have to take a look into that. But That's why I brought my computer, so I would, so you take a look? nothing if we're not accurate. Well, the, what do you, so endorsements, um, yeah, I mean, if it's a former older person i get that do endorsements carry any weight for you uh no okay because some people told me that they never really thought much about where endorsements came from until my race and a lot of the people who were endorsing the incumbent lizzie lindsay lapointe i found out later just basically rubber stamped it without because she was the incumbent because somebody in power asked them without looking at and i've been able to sit down and talk to folks about the implications of putting your face on a mailer where you weaponize the trauma of survivors of violence and they're like i you know i never really thought much about it you know there isn't like a a panel that approves it i'm like pay mm-hmm. attention to where your face goes calling you know people names and really ugly and disgusting. Right, you know? right. It yeah. matters. I think that it would matter to me if I knew the person that was endorsing and I trusted them and I didn't know enough about it. Yeah. Um, so if you saw, like, who would it be? Like, uh, Senator Durbin? Um, would that be? would affect me. Yeah. You would, you would yeah, go, I know, see? I know. And so, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But, he, okay, so here's what I, uh, I rubber, found rubber on stamps, Michelle. Rubber stamps. She, she endorsed Wendy Taylor Nations. Is that a person that's in the, it's running even, the Alderman? No, I didn't okay. see you. Maybe didn't that's even a know. different, that's a 43 word. Okay. What word do you no, live that's, in? That's, that is that's that's your word. That's my word. So there's more than two people. Right? There you go. So you're not getting mail from everybody yet. I'm not getting anything from Wendy. Um, does Taylor that, Nations. Does that have an impact too? Do you think when you? I mean, does it matter to have that much? At least knowing that someone is even on the ballot, getting a piece of mail lets you know. Oh, okay. Here's a person that's on my ballot. Let's see what they are about. No, I think that I think that if I have too much coming in, then it affects me negatively. Then okay. I'm like, why are they doing this? Okay. You know, that's how I feel. Um, and I think that in the last um, elections. I was more uh, interested in what judges were were sure. up for reelection or or not re- for appointments and whatnot. So there was a lot of judges sending stuff, and I knew a lot about that because uh, I used to pay attention. I was one of the people that would uh, decide who was uh, considered qualified for the so, bar association. For the bar association, I worked for the Chicago Bar Association. So, and what is that process like when you guys are reviewing uh, judicial candidates? Good question. Uh, so, what you have uh, if you're if they're new, it's a little more complicated. They have references. You call all the references mm-hmm. that they've listed and uh, former employees. Uh, and then there's like a list of things that they, their background check. You have access to all of that as the reviewer for the bar association. So, you know, they're quite, their answers to questions about 
um, anytime they've been censured, anything like that. And then um, you call all those people and and it's fun. You know, people don't like to take calls unsolicited from someone. But then as soon as you say you're from the Chicago Bar Association, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's oh, cool. a good guy. or She's great. When, so what are some of the reasons that you remember people have been censured? Um, there was sometimes when they spoke to the press after a case where they're not supposed to. That was one case where uh, there was a public defender that uh, he spoke out and then the, tri- the Tribune picked it up and uh, they ran with it. He said something about he downplayed um, the crime of someone that had, had stolen something off a balcony. And uh, it was in a in a in, a, in Lincoln Park, and they were like, "Come on, it's just a, such a thing—a bike or whatever it was." Oh, they said they'll survive, and then oh. they ran with it. And he was a person that was running, but we still found him qualified. Okay, I mean, he 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 explained himself. You know, he was that's, younger. That's something that. Uh, when did you first? Because for me, the first time I ever saw a judge in at work was Judge Alito, right? Not Judge Alito. Judge, not Alito. Judge, what's uh, the O.J. Simpson? Oh, he, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Hey, what was his name? He remember when the Jay Leno had like Ito, the, Judge Ito. Ito. Yeah, see, I knew it was it was close. just passed my, away. My pal- really, I didn't yeah. know that. But that was really kind of the first judge I think we ever saw live in action. You didn't watch Judge Wapner every day in People's <laughs> Court. Oh my God, I lived off of that. Okay, he was a that was a real judge. Yes, Judge Wapner. Uh, I did not watch it every day like Dustin Hoffman from Rain Man. Uh, I. I watched it once in a while. I was never drawn I love that. I remember I worked with, uh, you didn't know uh, Diana Lima, who was a comedian in the in the 90s and the 2000s. She sadly passed away in 2001. But when I was on the road with her, like every day, she's best. she was best friends with Kathleen Madigan. And they would be on the phone watching some of these judge shows. And it okay. just cracked. Every day, it was like their date. Like they would get on the phone and, and talk. Oh, I love that stuff. Yeah. So they, they, uh, it, I did. I liked it. So. Do you watch Judge Judy? I do not. Okay. But uh, she she lives in Florida, and uh, she's she's like a celebrity there. She hasn't come to one of my shows there because I do a lot of shows there. Uh, my family lives there, and uh, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Judy was here or whatever. She's like a legend. Her and her husband, I think, is also. I don't know if he's still alive, but he was a judge as well. Oh, interesting. So, had, did you ever have aspirations to go the judge? Route? Absolutely not. That was one thing that I never understood. Um, I practiced law for years, and when people say that eventually the goal was to be a judge or eventually is to be a partner at a firm, those are like things that I never, ever considered to be a goal I when I was a lawyer. You, I have friends that are judges now, which is just so weird to say, but they love their jobs. Oh, I, I would they, hate they that job. They love it. Mayor Dempsey, uh, Judge, my, my friend Mike loves it. They all, yeah, everyone I've talked to seems to absolutely oh, love it. It just makes me cringe. I would never want to be a judge. I think that there's so much difficulty in, uh, there's so much nuances to it, and I think that it just would be so, so stressful. And, and you, I mean, look, you've, you've got to make decisions that are oh my god i mean that's like being a referee right like those are the two things that would stress me out more than anything and you are now a a full-time comedian Uh, do you ever practice law anymore no i do not i mean i practice when people have questions or i need to explain to people the laws when they're everyone thinks they're a lawyer on twitter so i explain things when especially involving things in the news so you know I, i i play one 
on on social media, but no, sure. I don't. I don't practice. And you sell these great shirts called Better Call Paul. Yes, I sell my shirts that say Better Call Paul with all the proceeds going to Parkinson's Foundation. You can get them on my website, paulfcomedy.com. Outstanding. Let's take a break here. We'll come back and we're hanging out with comedian, a former attorney, a former member recovered. of the recovered, recovered, recovered. Yes. Uh, also former member. Well, for one of the people that helped you with your selections on your dish. Your, Judicial candidates. You're welcome. The Chicago Bar Association. Let's take a break here. We'll take your calls at 773 763 9278. Again, that number is 773 763 9278. We're also going to hang out with our friends from Right B Cider uh, coming up after 6 o'clock. Do you like hard cider, Paul? Uh, I, I don't drink anymore. So. You don't at all? Uh, like I once in a while. Right. I'm not sober, but. You, you can, which is. Either way, but I, I love I do like uh, hard ciders, hard yeah, ciders. I, I, do. If you want, but I was in Denver it. last week. Very good ciders there. Well, you only need half of one to be buzzed there. At the altitude. Let's take a break. We'll come back and continue our conversation on WCPT 820. Again, the number 773-763-9278. want to thank our sponsors of the text screen, Camp Kupagani. Go to multiculturalcamp.com to find out about these, the great programs that they have. And I look forward to interviewing them. I think I'm talking to the folks from Camp Kupagani in just a couple weeks. More in a moment on the Heartland Signal. The Santito Jackson Show. During the Olympics, we want to see these women and we are excited that they win and the viewership is extremely high. They could twin the games. They could do that. They could make a business decision to grow the league. They could do that because these women essentially, they are being forced to get a second job. That is really hard on the body. I mean, this is awful. The Santita Jackson Show, weekday mornings at 6 on WCPT 820. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. We are in studio with comedian and recovered attorney Paul Farvar. He's also the, the host of the podcast Singles Only. He has a new show at the Laugh Factory. Is it every... Last Monday of every month called Stand-Ups Sit Down. So you yeah. can come to my show the last Sundays yeah. and then uh, get some tickets to go to the uh, the Monday show and just have, end, end your month on a, on a light note. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. This month, our show, my show will be in this month, meaning starting tomorrow, February 26th, which means Paul's show will be on the 27th. And so far, we have Rob Hines is headlining oh, so my show, funny. and I will have him in studio uh, the week of to uh, to promote. We also have comedian Dwayne Kennedy coming in studio next week. He's just my entire career. I've watched him. He started before I did, and I just have always been mesmerized. He's never failed to absolutely deliver. He's and the best. Even on nights when he's doing new material and just working it out. I mean, like I would, I would I watch him one time for twenty minutes, just like work on him a, a bit. You know, not not that he didn't care what the audience thought, but he knew he had a purpose. Like just incredible. He's he's laser focused, even though it looks like he's not. Yes, it, he it, makes it, it look so easy. And it's know, frustrating. I don't know if you saw him talk about the flowers on stage, and I was oh, going, I, and I was going to say something about the flowers, but there's also a point where you have to be, you have to leave the stage for the comics too. Like, in, in, I don't sure. want to eat anything up that might. As the host, my job is not to be the 
the funniest. My my job is to make sure that the audience is settled in, that they get the rhythm of the show, that they're, you know, th- this is... Right. I, I said the it's tone. It's a selfless job. Yeah. Well, it is. It's hard. And then I uh, and then I also try to... I try not to do too much crowd work because then the audience, sometimes there's too much uh, expectation that they should now start talking all the time. Like, Pat McGann always had a good balance of talk to the audience and then go to written material so that he would transition from, okay, we did that, yeah. and now we're doing material. That's and, what I, I like to do. When I'm at Laugh Factory, I, I started there as the host. I like to do a little up top, just be like, hey, anyone from out of town, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and then go into material. You don't I, want to end on crowd work because then they're yes. going to expect it. But yeah. you do a little just to give people information that they could talk to during their shows. Like they're like, oh, this guy's from Kenya or whatever. Then someone else can use that if they are they want to take a break from Ex- their material or they need to take a break from or, their material. Or they have something they thought of when you were bringing 100%, it up. Yes. Right. The other thing is I used to not, when I worked at Zany's, uh, the MCs were never allowed to do material that was more adult. Uh, at least when oh, I... It's be clean, right? Yeah, right. it'd be very clean. The thing about that though, what I'm, I, my take on that, knowing most of the comics on the show, I also feel like there, if the rest of the show is going to be adult, then there's nothing wrong with breaking the the, the seal on that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like just I dropping that. it. Yeah. I, I think that that also helps. I had a I was working with a dirty headliner and I was featuring and she requested that I swear at least a few. She's like, you're too clean. Can right. you at least do something? I'm like, sure. It's too jarring. And then I've had other people who are dirty and they want your feature to be clean. I'm like, that's not a good idea. But right. that's, but that's, that's their call. Not, yeah. Right. But I also think that the harder part is being a clean comic following a really dirty comic. That's true. That's I don't like a, doing that. Yeah. That's not that's not easy. I, I, I remember one time I was on stage in, in Appleton at the Skyline and the oh, yeah. feature act was so, I mean, like, filthy, graphic and like visual, like, the, uh, and like you know, acting out sexual acts and like turning Humping around the stool yes yes i really i mean like it was like over the, the top caricature and yeah. then i'm like hey everybody i'm a mom <laughs> like i've got kids yeah so that's you, not fun you, you mentioned that you and this is how i'm going to transition to our phone calls watch how this how deft this is sure uh, so you have been performing quite a bit in florida where, i have where uh rules don't apply to dignity respect or uh, kindness to others everything and, is something new yeah. oh my gosh so what are the audiences like you don't do any political humor but do you get people who like assume that you are a democrat or yeah i i do material actually doing material about covid during covid was considered was deemed political um and it is still to some extent because you know you kind of make fun of them for not having rules and stuff when i was there um but um yeah the people just start to well when they find out i'm from chicago because that's part of my set i don't talk about politics but the thing that people most want to talk about, I think I told you this before, is Lori Lightfoot. Uh, everyone in Florida wants me to, to wants to talk about the crime in Chicago and Lori Lightfoot. It's like their one thing that they want in Florida. Oh that's in all Florida they, they want. Obsessed with it because I think that's she's like the punching bag on um, Fox News on Fox News and yeah, everything to show you what it's like when when. It's like a fear mongering, right? right? When someone of the other party is uh, running a city, oh that's uh, what they think. But yeah, I mean, they're, but they're actually fun crowds. I, I, to say, I sure. will say this: um, the the shows in like communities that are very conservative, but also educated, they're they're kind of fun crowds because they can laugh at themselves. They. I am making fun of them, but I'm not punching down. I'm making fun of them, kind of punching up, but they love it. T- 
and then you, you tease. I tease. Yeah, yeah. You and tease it. they take it. Whereas I think I actually, to be fair, I think they take it better than you know very progressive audiences. Sometimes you know they don't they they're a little more sensitive sometimes, especially younger crowds like you know they're twenty twenty year old twenty twenty one year olds. They didn't grow up watching uh, Archie Bunker, right? You know, or right. uh, the Jeffersons. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Someone was saying that you, if, if you were upset about some of these things, you would not have made it through the seventies. <laughs> I mean, we really that show was yeah yeah. Let me let's say uh, Dave because Dave wanted to talk about uh, the former president TFG. The former guy. I think that's what that stands for, right? That's what it means. <laughs> hey, Dave. How are you doing? Hey, hey Patty. The, uh, did you happen to hear last night on CNN or read this story on uh, where uh, that, that journalist, the Atlantic journalist McKay Coppins had reported how surprised he was when he'd heard many times, you know, uh, pro-mega GOP insiders have secretly said that they can't wait until this guy dies being Trump. Yeah, they want him to go away. Wow. Yeah, permanent, like in some ways, but in this case, they're too afraid to confront him directly, you know, not to uh, spark his uh, followers and stuff that, and that and lose his base, you know. But uh, it was kind of, he thought they were joking at first, but he said he heard it many times, you know, different, you know, different oh, what, and stuff. I, th- I do, I, I, there's some things, sometimes there are stories that are in the background for me. So yes, when he got COVID, they were hoping that that would be the end of it and they would be rid of him. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and like people were asked, I remember this morning I saw a post asking, uh, did you hope that he would die? You know, you have these people have like polls on Twitter. And I remember I did not because then we would have had Pence and he would have been a palatable candidate for the Republicans to run uh, against Again. The Democrats. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, I did not. Uh, in general, I try not to wish uh, the demise of someone, uh, but uh, I'm not saying that. Uh, generally speaking. Yes, generally speaking. Yes. That's anyway. kind of one of their own eating each other there, though, you know? <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, that's baked into the entire philosophy and, and mindset of the Republican Party. Yeah. But, you know, one thing I will give I give Penn's credit, you know, when that uh, when these documents came out. He did like uh, trying to figure the guy that pulled Clinton way back when with his stuff. He said that don't be drip, drip, dripping the stuff out. He said, you know, come out right away with it. Be honest. Yeah. You know, own up to it. And I will give it to him on that. He did do that. Yes. Has has he addressed the fact, you know, has he addressed the fact that he said on 60 Minutes that he did not have any documents? He seems so. Yeah, con- he, <laughs> he seems so convinced. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he did come out that time and said, you know, about a week or so ago, he said I was wrong. I, you know, it was a mistake. I had no knowledge of the stuff, but I was, it was wrong to do it. You know, he owned up to it, and you know, um, you know, like President Biden, you know, he kept getting, stepping into it. You know, they're finding, you know, they found it in the closet, and they found it in the garage. They found some more, and then I understand he was angry with his aides and stuff. You know, behind behind the scenes, you know, so. Yep. You know, that they said that he shouldn't have been drip, drip, dripping it out, just come forward and, you know. Paul? I think, I think the, the one he's talking about finding the documents, I think Biden wanted everyone to know that he had a Corvette. Did you notice that? <laughs> like, he's like, it's in the garage with my Corvette. Like, why to... <laughs> every time he talked about it? He, like, showed it off. Like, why does that matter? I mean, it's a fine vehicle, but it's like, come on. Well, maybe make him look younger, maybe? It's, and it's a vintage Corvette. Maybe he's saying it's as valuable to him as these classified do- documents. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. It was like a child thing. 
You could have had the old Prince song, little red Corvette, huh? Yeah, there you go. Well, it looks like it's kind of a dark green. Is it like a blue green? What color is that? It's a it's a greenish. Yeah, it's blue. a green. I think it's a stingray. Yeah, it's the one mm-hmm. class. Of, it's green. It's nice. I don't like the color, but it's a cool Corvette. Hey, Patty. Yes. And one last thing so we get on is a. Last week I was watching uh, this little Dick Cavett, and he happened happened to have uh, Jack Anderson on. So this was like early seventies, and he was talking talking about documents. He said that President Johnson, before he just before he left the White House, he was scooping up all these documents and that he could get out of the Vietnam War. Oh, so. <laughs> It's been going on about 55 yeah, years. Yeah, I think I think it's been going on since the beginning. I mean, I don't know when we started uh, being concerned about classified documents in the hands of the executive branch, or you know how I, I, you know this is something I'm, I've you know I've never really followed as closely as all, as much as Paul will tell you. I uh, know a lot about Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know when the cl- the classification, declassification, the sort of intelligence agencies, uh, you know, got involved with how we manage information, but uh, I would imagine. That that even after that, that there have been uh, weaknesses in the system, it's if like not full-out abuses. For, hmm? We got rules for the powerful and then for the little guy. Take a, tell uh, that one, oh. the reality winner who put in almost five years for two documents. Yeah, that's that's across the board, whether it's, uh, you know, big businesses and, and corporations and the wealthy and people who pay their try to pay their taxes and live by the rules. Uh, you know, like somebody asked me one time if I believed in if I was a socialist. And I said, and I can't remember if it was Martin Luther King or if he was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. or if he was quoting someone. But we have we have socialism for the wealthy and we have capitalism for the middle class and the poor. So we're and we're at a disadvantage in that system. And then you get David Petraeus, who lied to the FBI with six files, and he didn't get nothing. He had two-year probation and a $100,000 fine, which he probably didn't pay. And now he's a CNN plugger. Exactly. All right, thanks, Dave. Take care. Be well. Let's take a break here. You too. Let's take a break here. We'll come back, continue to take calls. One listener has a a question for you specifically, Paul. More in a moment on WCPT Heartland Signal. Our number is 773-763-9278. That's the number to call and join our conversation. You can text to the same number for our 773-763-9278. More in a moment on the Heartland Signal. Light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of this tunnel. That light at the end of the tunnel. Your guiding light. That light is going to get brighter and brighter. Through another day. I think it's a great day. The Joan Esposito Show. Live, local, and progressive. Weekday afternoons at 2 on WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square. Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express, Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We 
are in studio with comedian and recovering attorney Paul Farvar. He also is the the, the, the host of the podcast Singles Only and has uh, started a new show at the Laugh Factory called Stand Ups Sit Down. Uh, after their sets, he sits down with them and sits, uh, talks to them about their material or other things on their mind. We have a listener who's calling in specifically for you, Paul. Nick has a question for you. Hi, Nick. How are you doing today? Okay, thank you. You have a very nice show. Thank you. And I was just laying down, taking my nap. <laughs> and uh, sorry to keep I you up. To you horizontally. Yeah, that's the <laughs> joy of being. Or maybe I should be a comedian too. But this is real. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, your uh, guest there uh, comes across very nicely. I'm sure he did well as a lawyer, and he's going to do well. Uh, I was just going to uh, add a couple more comments to what I originally was going to ask. Uh, for, for, first, I want to ask: Have you ever considered uh, at some future time, like Zelensky in Ukraine? Going into politics. Hopefully, you won't be running a country under attack. Yeah, well, who knows? I have, well, here, I, I'm also a stand up comedian, yeah. and it was so funny because when I ran for state rep of the 19th district, the incumbent's campaign would say things like when they were at the door, they would tell constituents, well, the other the other candidate's just a comedian. And mm-hmm. so that, when Zelensky won, I'm like, he's president. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on. I mean, I think if John Stewart ran for something, that would be great, oh, right? Yeah. I think he's such a, a good, likable. I don't, I, I, have no desire to go into politics. When I was younger, that's all I wanted to do. And I remember when Patty was running, I was like, "Don't do it." I was like, "It's, it's so <laughs> I annoying. loved running. I yeah. was, I, you know, right. what? I've, I've been. Okay, I'll talk about my campaign in a moment. You go ahead. You go, Nick. It's your your turn yeah, to yeah, shine. Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, uh, they call me Shinola. That's my nickname uh, from high school. Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> but oh, thank you. Uh, then the other thing was that uh, uh, what was I going to say? The uh, comedian uh, who's on. That, that he's an Asian man, I believe, a Chinese Chinese American was on one of those shows. Uh, uh, I can't think of him, but he used to be a doctor. And oh, that's again. Yes. Time, yeah. Yeah. He talked in an interview. He, he talked uh, about how his family members told him, "Now remember, you're no longer a doctor. Now you're a comedian. So you got to be the part of a comedian." So you know that, that was, I thought was interesting there. And then Chris Rock mentioned once that uh, clean comedy makes more money than dirty comedy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he gets a little bit uh, uh, blue with his comedy and he uses sometimes. I don't know if he still uses certain words that other people would not dare use. But anyhow, so anyway, hey, listen, you got a great show. Thank you. Uh, you with the show and you on the show, you do uh, come across very nicely. I, I can see you being very successful. Yeah, oh. thank you for letting me talk. Sure, okay. and Nick, come on out to one of our shows at the, at the Laugh Factory, where it's right at uh, Broadway in Belmont, and I'm there every oh, last Sunday of the month, and Paul's there every last Monday of the month, and other shows in between. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that's at. I, I, I saw the big marquee that they put on there, by coincidence. Uh, they had, uh, I think, two cranes. This is maybe five years ago. The one, you know, the, the marquee that's six. Yeah, it's ten years be, ago it's now, just, yeah. Uh, yeah, just south of, uh, a little bit south of uh, Belmont on the east side, correct? Yes. Yeah. Is Correct. that it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I remember when they were installing that. So yeah. I, I think they used enough bolts on it. So uh, <laughs> not. Nah, it won't fall on you. I wouldn't worry about oh, it. Oh no, it's solid. They, they I've been I've been performing there. I've been performing there for oh twenty years now, because oh, back in two thousand three oh. it was the Lakeshore Theater, and I was the opening act for a traveling troupe. And then uh, I did my own one woman show there, Pregnant Party Girl, in the summer of two thousand three. Oh. I was eight and a half months pregnant. <laughs> Wow, so I've wow. been there for a well, very long time. It's the a- right title for the show. <laughs> and before okay, that, well, thank get- you very much. Yeah, sure. You said you'll be there the last Sunday. Yes, of Feb- each month? February twenty sixth this month uh, with Rob Hines so far, and uh, Paul will be there on February twenty seventh. And how about your guest? Yes, he'll be there February twenty seventh. 
Oh, also, okay, February 27th. Okay, okay. I I thank you very much for the time. Take care. Thank you, you, Nick. Before it was uh, the Lakeshore Theater, uh, my parents actually went on dates there back in the 70s when it was a movie theater. Oh, wow. So it was when I did my one-woman show and and came back and started performing. It was just so much fun. I'm like, this just so much history for me. I love that place. I'm starting to, uh, it took me a long time because uh, another club had an exclusivity uh, thing. Right. And and I no longer do that. Yeah, well, got, all those clubs work. had like weird rules back then, mm-hmm. right? Didn't yes, they? yes, especially for headliners. You, if they were spending yeah. money on promoting you, uh, they didn't want you to go. It, it, it was it was like six months, but I mean, Bert was really yeah. militant about that. Let's go to Jim. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? I hope you both have ear muffs tonight. I mean, <laughs> you were talking about the you were talking about the judge show, and this was a weird story. My favorite bartender. It's the evening, and it's a crowded bar. And this guy elbows his way in next to me, and he starts to proceed to tell the bartender the story. He went on a judge show uh, for some petty thing he could have flipped the coin for. But anyway, he goes in the scene. He says, they gave me a sandwich, <laughs> a night in Vermont, he had it 50 bucks. And then he walked away, and I thought to myself, I was thinking to myself, you put yourself to that nightmare about it, man. A sandwich of 50 bucks? I yeah. Mean, no, wonder, no wonder there's so much cannon fire on these reality shows. Right, right. People, uh, yeah. People are petty sometimes. But I think, I think it's more that sense of justice that people are seeking, right? I guess. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think the, I mean, this guy was after the 50 bucks. That's what he was after. The, the, <laughs> the, case, the case was as cool as you could get from what I could glean from it. But just, uh, anyway, uh, these judges uh, I maybe should be uh, disbarred. That's all I have to say. Anyway, you guys have a good night. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. How much do you think, uh, Paul, is, is uh, our legal cases just, uh, I mean, yes, the money thing is one thing, but also the urge to be right, to be the one that's right for what judges for, no for uh, for plaintiffs and defend i mean suing somebody and things like that i think uh i think it's a sometimes it's i think it's always initially not all about the money but as soon as they get the first bill <laughs> they're like yeah let's just settle <laughs> yeah so yeah. there is some righteousness to it in terms yes. of wanting uh justice i think um but money is is part of it, yeah. In, in civil lawsuits, did you ever have a situation where you couldn't uh, convince someone, or, or you know, incur when after you've encouraged them, let's let's settle, let's take care of uh, this? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I had good. it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, they you give your advice, but you ultimately are at the at the service of the client. So were the times when they were right that it was the right thing to push forward? Mm, and, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think sometimes you. You you know, you're supposed to as a lawyer, you're supposed to be an advocate, but you're also supposed to be like the voice of reason. And so if you're trying to mitigate costs, sometimes sometimes like, yeah, it's not worth the fight. Right. And, and then sometimes you're wrong. and Like it was worth the fight. So speaking of the voice of reason, I have been uh, the voice of one of the voices of reason on yes. your long running podcast. Singles only. Singles, Seven years now. Singles only. You uh, you are a soloist. I was listening to one of our, mm-hmm. your older podcasts. And uh, because of the guest we had on Olivia Carter, I think you both were talking about how being single kind of made it sound as though you were missing something. Whereas so being a soloist is is just a state of being mm-hmm. rather than a, a loss something yeah i did uh my guest uh i did his uh podcast when i was in um denver he has a podcast he's a solo he's a professor uh at um university of denver 
And so, yeah, there's there's like this new wave of people being like, you're not really missing out on anything. You can embrace being single or being solo. And uh, society kind of looks down upon us because we don't we don't have I significant don't, others. And I think I've tried to impress upon people when we have them on your podcast that I know that my relationship is a unicorn and it's based solely on the fact that my husband is, uh, as one of my friends called him, a magical unicorn. Mm-hmm. And uh, and really, I mean, I don't uh, I, I was in, you know, a couple couple two, three relationships before him and nobody ever made me feel as safe. And that means emotionally uh, someone who like gave me the space to be crazy. I talked about this the other day on stage where dating is like gambling. You either get a jackpot or you get a crackpot. And being the crackpot in pretty much every relationship I had ever been in, the trick was always to uh, keep that under wraps until sure. until they were in love. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Steve, Steve was along for it. I mean, that's not a joke. The part where I asked him, like, why did you think it was a good <laughs> idea to marry me? And he said it's like being a storm chaser. You never know when a Category 4 is going to touch down, which is just, it's so him. He's like, oh, okay, this is happening. Yeah, he's got he's got uh, patience. I yes. guess uh, I think I think if you date someone in the arts that's a creative um, or a comedian, especially, you have to have a tremendous amount of uh, empathy and uh, patience. Yeah. Right? Well, here and not just that. Like he's he's on my side. Like it's not just uh, it's not just like sure. he, he listens or wants to fix things for me. So we've never talked about this publicly uh, about my former position, you and I on the air about how I got suspended and ultimately fired at mm-hmm. WGN Radio. Uh, I had a producer who was getting progressively more aggressive with me. Would yell at me about things. Uh, would would drop like just was verbally abusive, dismissive, and wouldn't do things that would help support the show. And on um, this particular night, uh, a guest had canceled, and he didn't let me know about it until a few minutes before airtime. And he and I said, "Hey, I just need to know a little bit ahead of time so I can prepare." He goes, "Okay, boss." And I went in. I called my boss. I said, "I'm done. We've this has been a ver- this. Yeah. I, I can't. This is not how I can go on the air with hundreds of thousands of people listening." And she's like, "Oh, we'll take care of it." Mm-hmm. And I went out. I went out that night, and I went back through the emails when I came home at like four in the morning, and I saw that the guest had canceled like at eleven in the morning. So I went on line and I and I wrote 11 in the morning being that it wasn't of the day of he'd had 10 out more than right. seven hours show eight was hours. 12 hours later yes. yeah that's what i'm just making sure everyone knows yeah, yeah there were eight hours to give me a heads up that a guest had canceled and so i uh, i went online and i wrote I, I was i was writing it this what i'm telling you is i didn't just put that out there like blindly by myself i had wrote hey quick question when someone says okay boss do you take it as a term of endearment or go f yourself asking for a woman who's tired of bs mm-hmm. and i didn't post it right away i my husband and i he woke up at like 6 30 in the morning because Declan woke up and i was like am i crazy for posting he's like well you know you express yourself you're a comedian you know you often put things out there to like see what other people you're gauging to see if you're nuts you know and all these things and steve was along for it so nobody would have ever thought that i would get an order of protection against me for just <laughs> posting that. and i've waited so I've, he's he's complacent he's an uh complicit yeah. or uh an ac- account, uh, what do you call it? Accomplice. No, 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 not at all. But he's like, you're not crazy for feeling this way, is what I'm saying. He's like, and that wasn't your the thing emotions that was are problem. valid. Right, right. No, you the were, fact that I, I reported sexual harassment uh, about one of the most powerful men in, in broadcasting, yes, they were right. looking for excuses. I think there was other things. But yeah, I think that, I think that um, yeah, it's it's different. You know, they're supposed to be working for you and helping you. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, it seemed like you guys just had a really bad 
it was just a weird thing, you know. Yeah, it was very, very strange. And I've now, you know, it's interesting. I've never ever seen the rest of the post where they said that it got ugly or anything else. I'm like, show me. That's why the case got dismissed in court was because there was no evidence. Yeah, it was taken down. Or, or something. Yeah, I never yeah. got to see it. Oh yeah, no, they called me and they said take it down right now, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, and yeah. and uh, and that was what Lindsay Lapointe put on a mailer was, uh, and it was her uh, mentor Robert Martwick who helped me get out of the whole thing. You, but you and Todd Belcor were with me until like five in the morning working on like what this meant, how to handle it. So what I'm saying is, thank you very much for oh, all your sure. And my husband has been along for the ride with the uh, sheriff arriving at our front porch to say uh, there's an order of protection. Right. <laughs> I do you remember that? I just remember sitting there going, uh, what? What's happening? Yeah. Let's take a quick break. It's a little, little bit behind the curtain about what happened. Uh, sometimes folks still ask. And uh, that's, that's really the ki- most of the kitten caboodle. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk where facts matter. Ask Gaz is taking your calls now. At 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Now on WCPT 820. Oh no, I just found out that I, I got my good friend Jerry Walski sick a few weeks ago. I think you got me sick too. Did Patty. I really? Yeah, when I was here. Because then I went uh, on the road. Oh, I can't tell. Oh Who knows? But you were sick when I walked in. Remember? Oh, I, like, I've been sick as a dog yeah, yeah. for... This I'm good like now. This is the best. Ago. This yeah. is the best I've felt uh, this week. I finally broke through. Oh my gosh. I feel so bad. But nobody got COVID. I, no, not that I, thought I, I thought I had COVID me again. Me too. Because I was I'm like, can you get it four times? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. Let me... Oh, we have Mike wanted to call and say, hey, Mike from Medina, from Medina Illinois. Hey, Mike. What's on your mind, my friend? Madonna, oh, hi, hi, Patty. Um, hi, Patty and Paul. I just want to say I was there. Um, uh, thanks. I won the tickets, uh, you know, on your show. And uh, I was sitting right dead center there, uh, uh, right in the middle row. Uh, or I should say right uh, in the middle, in the front row there, <laughs> right by you guys. And it was the perfect remedy. My wife. And I have been going through so much trauma lately. With uh, we've had all kinds of family um, health issues, uh-huh. and uh, my wife was just so bummed out the whole weekend. And we went to that show. She really didn't want to go. She said, "Oh no, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not up for it." And I kind of dragged her to go. And believe me, it was the perfect remedy. She was laughing nice. so hard at your show. And, uh, Paul, I just got to say, um, she says she knows she has, uh, she knows three ladies. Uh, she found out you're single. You mentioned you're single. <laughs> uh-huh. They would gladly <laughs> run off with Yenica. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure. That's okay. I'm a little upset because one of them was her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Mike. Nice. I was, and, uh, <laughs> Patty, could I just say one thing? Of course. About that, uh, you know, I also, thanks to you, uh, you got me the uh, tickets for the uh, debate on uh, Thursday. Yes. Uh, one thing I took away from that um, from that debate, and uh, it's a little troubling. I really enjoyed it. It was really, uh, you know, interesting uh, to see them all uh, with their views and everything. But one thing I came away uh, from it was, unless you, unless Paul Vallis, or I, I should say Paul Vallis, Unless uh, Brandon Johnson is going to be our next mayor, uh, if if you're a black 
person, do not leave your house. I'm I'm just going to say uh, leave it like that. I, I'm not sure. I, oh, I didn't get that impression, but uh... well, it just sounded that um, uh, everybody is you know this crime issue. They're just like all you know so so. Uh, Crazed about hiring more police and cracking down on ah, crime. I see what you're saying. Brandon was the Brandon was the only one that had something besides. Let's not just like lock people up and, uh, you know, uh, right uh, oversaturate oversaturate. You know what I mean. There was a well. He talked a lot about how we also need support services for within the fire in the police department when we have domestic violence calls or mental health issues with people who you know rather than treating everyone like a suspect. You know, someone made a really good point to I was listening to a mini podcast about how our police department should be they should be guardians of citizens, not warriors against exactly. citizens. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and I, I tell you, by far, I thought Brandon was uh, the most impressive of all the candidates. But that's that's my opinion. I'm sure you'll have uh, you know other folks. Yeah. Thank you so <laughs> much. I, I'm so glad that you came out and come join us again. Uh, reach out and oh, I, I sure will. I, I'll have. Uh, oh, I bought your uh, your T-shirt. I was the first guy that bought your. T-shirt. Oh yeah, I remember you. Yeah, I remember you guys in the front. Yeah, that's your, so great. Your, your, your wife gave gave me your number. It was really awkward. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Mike. I'm just kidding. I love it. I was wondering what she went. <laughs> nice. I'm just kidding. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Mike. I look forward Bye to seeing you again. Take care. Uh, I also, um, uh, I can't, oh, there's so many things that are going through my mind. It, it's always fun when people come out and have a good time. Yeah, I, I, I remember them. They were in the front row. They were fun. That was one, That's one of my favorite things is when someone tells you that they really needed our comedy. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I just I just did an interview for uh, shows. I was in Milwaukee last week, and they did an interview, and uh, he asked me like uh, about how it is, you know, how what's the greatest part about comedy is it's those times like when people are like, you know, I needed a laugh. You guys are doing work that is necessary, especially during COVID. Like people were not oh. happy, and they were in dark places, and so like I would I would jokingly say, I'm like, oh, cool, call my parents because my brother's a neurosurgeon, and they think he's the one that's providing <laughs> medicine where <laughs> laughter is the best medicine. But yeah. I mean, things like that that it's true. I mean. It's so underrated how great comedy is, and and we took it for granted for those two years. We didn't almost two years. We didn't have it as sure. regularly we have, and now, especially Sunday, like at your show, is like so fun. Usually, like I'm running around at a show, and I was like, cool, I didn't have to run a show or worry about anything. I got to just sit back and watch Dwayne Kennedy at the end. I was just like, well, you this told me to, so fun. You told me to always put the second strongest comedian on a show on the show, and that's how I did it. Um, oh, first, yeah, yeah. Oh, first, thanks. Second, that, second after the MC, yeah, yeah. Oh. That was why I did that, uh, especially for showcase take, shows. I like that. I idea. take I take your advice. Oh, I'm still learning. It worked. I've been in this business for a long time, and I'm still learning. <laughs> I can still well, because you did shows traditionally, you didn't do showcase. Styles. When you yeah. you went up at Zany's, they do three man shows, three man shows, yeah, yeah or it. two man shows some places yeah. on the oh, road. Yeah. No, Zany's used to do two man shows at Vernon Zany's Hill. Vernon Hill Zany's, we often did two man shows, and I mean it was a heavy lift for an MC to do 30, 35 minutes yeah. up front because you're not an MC. You're, I mean, you're almost co-headlining. Right, right. <laughs> it's hard. I, I, yeah, the two-man shows are tough. I, I kind of like doing them uh, in certain situations. If I, I feel like when I'm headlining, I kind of like it. Right, sure. Especially on the road, because yeah. you're like, okay, you can bring your own feature, and you know they're good, whereas yep. sometimes you go somewhere, and oh, it's just not good. Yeah, I yeah. believe me, I know. I want to say hi to our friends who are watching on our Facebook live stream. You can join the wonderful community there. Happy Monday to you as well. 
Elaine. And good evening, uh, Karen. We hope that you are staying warm as well. And Bridget says... I saw Paul in Sarasota, Florida last year. It was a great show. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I'll be back there uh, next week. So, And uh, hi, Nipper. And also, Wendy says that uh, she thinks she is also a soloist. So explain, Heck yeah. So, Join the clan. So, so soloists, I mean, you know, Mike called and said, uh, they, they, you know, jokingly that there are three women that you might run away with. It's not like you're not looking for a, a, a lifetime relationship. You also believe that for people who do get married, maybe you renew your contract every seven months. Yeah, I think that I think marriage is an outdated institution. I've said that before and people get frustrated, but I think it is. I think if you update it and uh, you have a seven year contract, so it's not the pressure of death to you part, you know. Yeah. Think I'd be up, I'd be down for something like that, there but I'm happy being alone, single. That's my impression from you is that you do appreciate it and, and celebrate it. Uh, day, uh, I'm sorry, Roosevelt. I've only got about a, a less than a minute here. What's on your mind, my friend? Roosevelt. Oh, I think we lost Roosevelt. Okay, let's take a break here. And our friends from Right B Cider are coming in. Uh, we're gonna ooh, we're gonna have a, a cider expert join us in the studio. Uh, I'm very excited about that. We're gonna have uh, Carrie Makarski and uh, and our friend Katie from Right B Cider. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartlands. Oh, we we actually have a, a few seconds left here. Um, but so I want to make sure that people know about your podcast, Singles Only. Singles Only available yeah. available anywhere you podcast. We had Lisa Curry on. She came back on the show. She's hilarious fun episode i did it while i was out in la she recorded it there and she had some fun stuff to say you know some people are must love dogs she's obsessed with boats and water oh really so like that's that's we talked about how that's kind of a weird thing well, why is that a weird thing to love boats and water i just think it's like you know you it's something that's like a deal breaker in a relationship but for you know. that if someone likes no, boats? Not for, it was for her i just thought it was bizarre oh if they don't like boats and water if they don't like boating and water yeah oh, i could i mean like if that's how you're gonna spend your if that's your hobby and you know that that's sure. what you want to do on the weekends or in your free time you know i'm not a, I'm not a big like, water guy of course i mean like dog lovers seem to be that drawn seems to each more other. acceptable yeah. <laughs> on the dating apps that you go on everyone has pictures with their dogs and i think a lot of people have an unhealthy relationship with their their animals i had a friend who used to shower with his dog and Mm -hmm. and he would tell we were like and he would want he would bring that dog everywhere and like dogs are i get that people love their dogs they're not they don't need to be everywhere that it's just no i I, i've i've i'm working on a joke right now with uh, uh a woman that i dated who is like anywhere we made plans like can do they allow dogs there i'm like no it's a comedy club you can't bring your dog <laughs> like but they they wouldn't do things if it required them to be away from their dog for more than two hours i think that's unhealthy it's like a and you're putting a lot of pressure on that dog to provide uh companionship companionship one more way i have the best man in so and so her yeah. dog i'm like that's not that's not healthy that's Let's take a break here. Come back and talk to our friends from right beside her. And uh, we're going to talk to uh, uh, Cider Siren Carrie in a moment. You're the only voice of reason on the radio. You give me hope. Having listened to you every day. Thank you for your insight. Always felt a little bit smarter. I listen to you every single day. I keep coming back to this station and thank you for what you do. On WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. 
Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Let the music run for a couple seconds. Set everybody up in studio. Jerry's uh, helping out our uh, our collaborator and co-producer on the show. Jerry Walski uh, is always uh, reaching out to some of the great uh, local businesses in the Chicagoland area. And uh, a guest that we have in the studio, I've known actually. I, th- I don't. I want to say it was like 2014. You came into WGN. Yeah, I think so. for right beside her, Katie Morgan from Hi. Right Beside Her. Uh, we talked to you, I believe, uh, about a month ago. You were celebrating your anniversary. Yes. at Right Beside Her. So thank you. I love your hat. Thank so. You. For folks who are watching on our Facebook Live page, you can tune in. Uh, Paul Farvar and our friend Carrie, uh, please remind me how to pronounce your last name. Mokarski. Mokarski is uh, joining us in the studio. She's our cider expert. What, so what qualifies, and come close to the microphone, what qualifies someone as a cider expert? Drinking a lot of cider. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I don't know. You know do. Do you know yeah. the story behind right beside her? I don't. So you were out. Let folks know this wonderful story of where not just this beautiful, wonderful company uh, that produces great cider, but also a wonderful relationship. Yes. So um, back in 2011, I believe, I met a guy named Charlie through mutual friends. I had just moved to Chicago and he was a professional beer brewer. And I wasn't drinking any beer at the time. I had just spent some time in the UK. I love cider over there. He kept bringing these beers that he made to all the parties that we were at, and I would never drink them. And he thought that was strange. And so he (laughs) finally realized that I liked cider and surprised me with a hard cider for my birthday. And then we started dating and got married. <laughs> as one sweet. does, yes, know. as one does, and then creates a, a a an empire of cider in Lincoln Square. It, uh, it's it in, in Hermosa. Hermosa was it yeah. Lincoln Square before? Well, or no? We have an, a very important event called Apple Fest in Lincoln Square every that's year, what it was, yes. and I think that's what we yes, on WGN we mm-hmm. we had talked about that. Um, and so, right beside her sounds like right beside her because mm-hmm. it. Um, See? refers to our story together. And so when you say you didn't drink beer then, have you st- started to enjoy different kinds of uh, local breweries? Or I mean, Chicago has such a great craft alcohol scene, whether it's beer, liquor, cider. So I do enjoy a little, but cider is still your jam. It's just my favorite. That's great. It's just the best. And do you, and do you, Carrie, do you have a, a favorite cider in general? Have you, or have you tried Right Beside Her? And, I have. Okay. I, I've tried Right Beside Her at Apple Fest oh, in Lincoln Square. This works out perfectly. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah. And, and like Katie, I've never been a beer drinker. 
And oh. so cider, when it became a moment, that was that was my my happy place. Yeah, so, they, yeah. and they do such a wonderful job of blending different flavors. And, uh, and it, now, Paul, you you have you uh, and I have tipped one back once in a while and, yes. and enjoyed various <laughs> things. But the problem with our industry in comedy is that part of our pay is sometimes the booze, beer tickets, yeah, beer t- well, drink or tickets. drink tickets. Uh, so you know, there it's almost like it feels like if I don't drink, I'm not taking everything home from this job. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. So it, it's hard to be. Uh, um, uh, a connoisseur of anything, but but do you enjoy a cider? I, so I do. I like cider. I was in Denver uh, last week, and I, I got to try some of the the stuff they had there, the IPAs and the ciders and stuff. And I, I'm not a beer beer drinker anymore. I don't really drink anymore any, at all. But when I do drink out beer, I like the cider. The ciders, more. yeah, yeah, because I like sweet like. This one smells great. Like I can't wait till we taste it. All right. Well, let's, let's, so you have uh, some different flavors to the ciders. Yes. Tell us a little bit about this line of flavors that you have developed. Okay. Great. So I brought six flavors today. So I have our dry and our semi-dry. So those are going to be like a classic cider. There's no other fruit or herbs or spices or anything infused like our others. So our dry. Um, do you guys have a sample of this one yet? Uh, we have this one. I'll, I'll pass this one down. So our dry is the driest one we make. There's no sugar at all. It's completely fermented out. So it's it's lovely. And our cider is known for not being super sweet. Everything is going to be on the dry end. A lot of people who haven't had cider before are, or maybe have had one or two are afraid that it's going to be too sweet. It doesn't have to be. Oh, yeah. Anytime you see our name anywhere, it's not going to be too sweet. And what do you look for, Carrie, in a uh, in a cider? I mean, you know, they have like the the big name ones, but they tend to taste a little more chemically because they have to add different additives in order to maintain the same flavors. Whereas uh, the more small batch places like Ripey Cider are more; they have a, a more specific element to it, right? They do, and I really enjoy the dry. Um, I love the dry. Yeah, because I don't want to be drinking something that's so sweet and syrupy. Uh, Jerry, so it's have, nice when you can okay. actually. <laughs> Cheers, everyone! It's Cheers, nice when you can taste you. the flavors, right? As right. opposed to the the sugar and, as you said, the chemicals and those things. I like the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we want to well, taste we, the sugar? We have some sweeter. Well, you just the don't want one, it to be too yeah, sweet. When we it, talk about the other one, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, there's some that we have something for you. Don't worry. I appreciate that. Um, but it's we use a champagne style yeast, so you might be getting some of that kind of fresh, clean, crisp champagne bite. Mm-hmm. Um, cider is made very similarly to white wine, um, except obviously instead of grapes, we use apples. So it's very approachable for the wine drinker as well. I love it. I remember when I was at WGN, you sent me home with a, like a, six, a couple six packs in the bottles. Is there a difference between the, the taste for coming out of a can or as, a, as opposed to a bottle? Because from what I, I understand, these taste great as well. Yeah. So I, I think that would probably depend on the person. I love drinking out of bottle, but I also love cans. So we right. did originally bottle. Um, we pivoted to cans during the pandemic. Okay. We obviously needed, we had always intended on moving towards cans. Um, we were able to purchase a canning line from our pals at Alarmist Brewing, another oh. great local company. Check yes. out Alarmist Brewing. And it just opens up a lot of other venues that might not want glass, you know, swimming pools, concert venues, golf courses, things like that. Mm-hmm. There are also a lot of retailers now that are preferring can as far as how it can stack on the shelf. Um, and our label, I love our label. I think it looks great on a can. That's, too. It is beautiful. Um, we worked with a local company called Stout Collective, and they took this 
this design is actually, I originally sketched it on a napkin, mm-hmm. and they obviously made it look a lot better than that. Um, shout out to Matt Tanaka and all the crew at Stout for helping us kind of bring our uh, vision to life. So now we have cans. So we have, I think everybody got some of the dry. The semi-dry is just slightly sweeter than the dry. We'll do it. We're doing a progression for you, Paul. From the dryer to the sweeter. I want the common We're going to find something that you like. I like that one. It tastes (laughs) like champagne. And Carrie? And that's why I like it. Um, It's very crisp and it's very refreshing and it's perfect if it were warm outside. Um, But that's why I like it. I like that champagne kind of um, sense that you get from it. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds like something you could just use on New Year's Eve. You get... You go right beside her. New Year's Day, yeah. New the Year's day after, day, today, Tuesday, Friday, sure. whatever. Um, we make a lot of different fun things with it, um, cocktail-wise, too. You know, cider mosas. We'll put orange juice in it. You can substitute the champagne for cider. You can add cider to any of your favorite cocktails. You can really use it and be creative. And folks have uh, found it, like the the hard seltzer pivot was very, I mean, like that felt like a, t- like a tsunami just took over the beverage industry, didn't it? Yep. Yeah, I can honestly say I've never actually tried one. Hmm. I've never had that. Well, why would you? you so have, I can't you really, own I'm not cider. anti. <laughs> I'm not. If you like that, awesome. I just haven't I haven't tried one yet. These I'm are six sure. percent alcohol. Yes, that's a lot. Yeah, that's. I mean, just throwing out there for another for those reason. Kids cider is good. Want to yeah. save some time? Well, it's, it's also a great <laughs> get drunk quicker. If you're looking for a beer mm-hmm. alternative, you know, I was always searching for that, and it was kind of when you're talking about the ABV, it was actually kind of a struggle because my options were wine or liquor. Right, and my friends were drinking low ABV beer, so that's not a game that you really want to get into. <laughs> right. So it was really nice, you know, to have a beer alternative that wasn't twelve percent. You know, I was out with my son. It's fascinating that you looked at. Like, I never look at the is it APV AP AB ABV. Yeah, I don't know. I just sometimes, sometimes on beer list it'll say like if you're up in the double digits, you you might be in trouble. So I was out with my son Griffin last night because I am extremely spoiled with the fact that he goes to school in Hyde Park, so we get to meet for dinner. And I had we were at a Japanese restaurant and I ordered sake and it, they had the bottle with it. And he picks it up. He goes fifteen percent. And I was like, Why are you reading mommy's booze? Why, <laughs> why Why are you getting involved in? <laughs> What's like a so the regular like like a, a, a Anheuser Busch product? What those are like three percent? I believe, you know, anywhere from three to five. Oh, okay. Three is probably pretty low. Um, four or five. The more of the craft beers, anywhere from six to eight, depending on sometimes nine, depending on what kind. I saw one. It was you know they have these like limited batches, small batches. Uh, I was out like in one of the suburbs waiting to do a show, and uh, and I ordered one. They said it was limited, and I'm like, oh, I want to try something that's not going to be around. And uh, and I didn't read because I didn't read the ABV, which I probably now should. Mm-hmm. Fifteen, like that. Yeah. Like it's one thing with the socket because you're just having like a little glass, right. but like I was. Just- <laughs> It's a lot. I was just like, all right, I guess I'm sleeping here. This, I'm here for the night. Uh, so what? Uh, so which one are you guys? Have you ta- you've tried the second one? The so semi. We semi? had our classics so far: right. the dry and the semi-dry. That's a very good, um, you know, our original, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're looking for something 
if it's your first time to cider, you just want to see what the standard cider would be. Um, then we move into our specialty ciders. So I think I poured you guys some of our clementine. Yes, you did. Um, we love the clementine. It uh, has clementine, obviously, a little bit of cinnamon as well. I like it because usually cinnamon in a dish is very bold and very kind mm-hmm. of the focus of everything. But... Um, this is kind of like a little cinnamon hug. It's just oh, nice and it's right subtle. On the back. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a little more sweet for you, Paul? Is I it? like that one, yeah. Yeah. You you had asked when we started before that we got on the air, you let them know that cinnamon was in it was it, if that's a problem. Are, are there people that are sensitive to cinnamon or have um, I haven't encountered anybody who's sensitive to mm-hmm. it. People are just pretty either they like it or they don't. How do you not like cinnamon? I know I don't I don't know but I like cinnamon on everything. I, I, I love it too. Um, but I put it's, it in my water. it's nice because also when you get into spiced beverages, sometimes there's a big range of how intense it could be. So we like to let people know it's nice and subtle. That's fantastic. I, I love how creative you guys are with some. I mean, anybody who is passionate about making products like this, the way you guys are at Right Beside Her, I'm always just dazzled. I, the moment I met you when we first uh, came, when we were promoting the Apple Fest, uh, I've always remembered that interview and just how wonderful you guys are. So again, we're talking to Katie Morgan, uh, the one of the half, the, one of the co-founders of Right Beside Her. Where can during the break, where can people visit your website, learn more about uh, events coming up? Yeah, so they can just look at rightbeesider.com. Also, any of the social media, find us at rightbeesider. It is Chicago Cider Week, so we can talk about all the fun events we have going on. Um, From today until Sunday, we have a lot of new releases and some parties happening, so we can kind of go into that. Yeah, let's go to that when we come back. And uh, Right B, by the way, is B like B-E-E, Cider, Right B Cider. Uh, Katie and Carrie and Paul all in the studio with me. There's a party, and Jerry's here, and I'm not going to get him sick this time because I'm better. I I can't believe I did that. I just don't feel so stupid. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I hit the call button, so if anyone wants to call, I I, I wouldn't put that out there without backing it up. 773-763-9278. Roosevelt, I tried taking your call. If you're on hold, I tried taking your call, and I I didn't hear you, and I don't know if you thought that I wasn't going to come to you, but... We were talking about cider. I did not realize that we have a cider week in Chicago. Katie Morgan from Right B Cider joins us in studio, a cider expert. Uh, Carrie. Nope. Oh, I going to say I was the expert. Like, no, <laughs> Carrie's here. Well, you, you will be after tonight. Yes, exactly. Sure. Exactly. I can just say they taste good or they're, they're not good. That's all I'm going to do. So far, they're all good. Carrie, Carrie Mokarski. There you go. I got it. And Paul Farvar. By the way, it took me probably a year to get Paul's name correct, by the way. There's an H in the middle of it, which seems like you just not have to, needed. Not needed. Farvar. That throws yes. people off, I'm sure. It does. Yeah. It does. Uh, we were talking to Katie Morgan, who uh, is the co founder and um, the, one of the masterminds behind the right beat cider empire. I'm calling it an empire because just I'll take it. I take over the cider landscape in Chicago. But we were celebrating cider in general. And I know a lot of small business owners are great at championing other com- other businesses. So yeah. tell us about Cider Week. Yeah, Cider Week is um, a great week we have in Chicago every year. You guys can check out Cider Week or excuse me, Chicago Chicago Cider Week dot org. Um, it's 
also this year really fun because Cider Con is in town. What? Cider Con is a thing. It's a real thing. And the American Cider Association puts it on every year. It's in a different city every year. And there is um, a f- three days of conferences downtown at the Hilton. Everything from orchard management to marketing to sales, all things cider, um, geared towards cider producers and uh, business owners. So it's really, really, really fun to have so many people from out of town. We had a tour of 50 people come through today, all from other places. People come from all over the world. And so it's just a great week to champion People who love cider. Do people dress up as ciders? I was you wondering that myself. <laughs> no, I, are you thinking Comic Con? I know. Okay, I so I do either. have a bee costume that oh. I occasionally wear, but other than that, no costumes. Okay, but maybe we should bring that in. Do you sometimes hire someone to dress up in the bee costume? No, it's oh, it's yours. Oh, I'm sorry, did not. Yes. Need, yeah, Patty, are you looking for something <laughs> to do? It's especially hire... good for this time of year. It's very warm. Oh, I believe it. It's one of those big I should I should have worn it tonight. No, no, I'm not going to make you do that next time. Definitely. Okay, deal. <laughs> so what uh, what are they? What are they sampling now? What uh, are our guests? Okay, so I think you guys have Clementine, right? Okay, well, I can actually move on to our rosé. Oh, there's a rosé. The rosé is lovely. It is perfectly tart. It's not too tart. It's pleasantly tart. It Mm -hmm. has black and red currant, rosehip hibiscus, a little bit of raisin, and it's lovely. It has this really beautiful blush hue. Smells great. And you guys are going to love it. Also, some honey from our rooftop beehives. Um, A local company called The Hive Supply helps us with... Our beehives. Okay. And we also sell that rooftop honey at our tap room as well. See, and that's, mm. I need to come get some of that too. That's I great. am a big fan of local honey. And it, do, do you, you need do you, do you, well, I will <laughs> soon. Everybody, everybody I will need another <laughs> soon. Do you, uh, there are folks who say that uh, if you, if you consume locally produced honey, it helps with allergies. Have you found that to be, I don't know, the I science? Have, I have heard that. Yep. I consume local Chicago honey regularly. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I can guarantee that it'll work for everybody, but they do say that. I would Why try not? it. Hey, it's, it's not, not going to hurt you. Try. Exactly. Yeah. Where are you from originally? Seattle. Seattle. Seattle, Washington. And then were you studying abroad in England or what, what brought you to England? Yes. So I was lucky enough to study at Cambridge <gasps> and I was studying history there. And this is funny, actually. I was out. I was coming from a big state school where we were drinking not very good beer and just like bottom shelf vodka every night. So I, my alcohol horizons were not very broad. So I didn't actually know cider was a thing Oh, at all. So then I was out with a bunch of friends and this person asked to buy me a cider and I was like, okay. I thought it was, you know, why are you buying me an apple juice in a bar? That's weird. <laughs> and so then... I want chocolate milk. Thank you yeah, very much. I was yeah, just like, I was being polite. I was like, okay, sure. Why not? So I tried it, and then, you know, after a couple, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm such a good dancer, and I'm hilarious. So there's obviously alcohol in here somewhere. What is this magical apple juice? Like, what is this thing? So then I just went, when I like something, I really go on a deep dive. I want to know everything about it, the history of it. And I learned a lot about the um, Somerset Cider Country in the UK. I got, was lucky to spend some time oh. there. Learned all about the process and everything and just loved it. Loved it, loved it. And when I came back, I couldn't really find anything here that was similar to that. I couldn't find anything that wasn't super, super sugary and, and 
I had kind of explained that to my now husband, Charlie, in passing. And when he brought out that unmarked bottle for my birthday, I was convinced I wasn't going to like it. Sure. I was like, oh, no. This brewmaster is going to give me something. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay. I show everything on my face. I'm like, all right, just be polite. He made this thing for you. It's going to be awful, but whatever. But it was not. It was perfect. It was just light and crisp and it, uh, almost exactly what I had enjoyed when I was studying. And, and we just knew that we kind of had something you were studying history in yes american history in england no it's do you it's random did you really stop history (laughs) no no like no i was doing i love history so we might get off topic here history degree me too okay so do they they have like does it stop in like (laughs) are they like 1776 like all right well that's history like they don't tell you about there's only a certain amount of rooms are allowed to the americans i couldn't go no i'm just kidding i'm super jealous that you studied history in england it was amazing so i did scan i did vike a lot of viking stuff Um, I did like the. I wrote my senior paper on the transatlantic slave trade, and I did. I just love all kinds of history. I love, I love it all. When I was uh, covering Springfield during the budget impasse, I spent so much time at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and the museum, and uh, I because we were going through so many so much turmoil politically here. uh, I was just drawn to his approach, and uh, like if you ever read Doris, is it Goodwin Kearns? Uh, Anyway, she's anyway. Yes, I'm I'm a dork for history. We we will we should talk about. Yes, we can get into it. But I love that you weren't. It's not like because it's so sweet that you say. In, in the, the story, the quick telling of the story that, you know, you met this guy and, you know, he could def- you never drank beers at parties. You're like, I'm more of a cider person. You're not like you didn't come in as more of a cider person. You immersed yourself in what made cider good it, while you were in England. I love that. Yeah, I I just like to consume local fair wherever mm-hmm. I am. I think it's fun. And they there's such a rich history. I mean, there are cideries we went to that have been there for five generations and mm-hmm. you know with like thatched root you know it's just was unlike anything that i had seen so it just made it so much more fun how i mean what what is the, the sort of the background on cider in england as far as like i'm guessing centuries oh, of yeah came I mean, from mead i don't know well there it's not just in england either i mean there are obviously cider regions in spain and sure. france and kind of just like any place people figured out what was around them that they could ferment that would turn into some kind of alcohol. So these regions that, you know, were good for growing things like apples, pears, mm-hmm. um, they just, for, through hundreds and hundreds of years, kind of mastered their craft. And if anybody has the chance to go to Somerset, I would highly, highly recommend it. I've never been. Do they do pear? Do you guys have pear cider? We do not do perry, but a lot of um, people who actually have orchards kind of can grow more than one fruit, and they do. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, we don't have one okay. yet. Never say never, but I think we're going to focus on apples. Let's continue this conversation. When we come back, we'll take a break here with a weather update and then some messages from the station. We're hanging out with Katie Morgan, one of the co-founders and masterminds behind Right Bee Cider. It's rightbeecider.com. Yes. And folks can find out about the events for Cider Week. You have a tasting room? Yes, we do. It's at 1830 North Costner, just west of Logan Square in Hermosa. We're kid-friendly, dog-friendly, Bring your own food, and we hope to see you soon. Oh, is that fun? And a comedian, Paul Farber, recovering attorney, uh, also the the host of Singles Only Podcast. Every last Monday of the month, you can catch him at the Laugh Factory for stand up sit down. Uh, Carrie, our friend Carrie's in studio, sampling some of these. What do you think so far? What's your favorite? 
I think I like the rosé the best so far, which surprised me. Yeah, I wasn't (laughs) expecting that. I'm always thrown by, anytime someone throws the word rose, it's not like actually, it's a rose hip hibiscus. Is it in the rose family? Well, there, we don't have any actual rose petals Good. in it or anything like that. I was, no uh, roses were harmed. In the no roses. I, I'm allergic. Uh, I was, to roses? Oh, no roses. I was on the air one time with our friends uh, Carissa Schaefer from Knife and Tine. I was doing the fight for air climb, and they had named a drink after me that they were going to give proceeds to the American Lung Association. So they were in studio, and uh, they gave me, and I, so I was sipping it, and as I was sipping it, I put, I like, had to spit it back out. I'm like, are there roses in this? And they were like, yeah, that's what makes it pink. And I was like, I, like my Throat started to tighten up. I was like, it, it was, "If you smell roses, do you get?" I get my like. I could be in a store if there's a rose, like a flower section. Like my, I just my whole. Oh my god! And uh, and they call the drink. They kept it. I was like, "Keep it. It's amazing." And uh, they call it Patty's Poison, which was. Oh <laughs> it, was it was so Perfect. cool. Our friend Chris is actually opening a new uh, wine shop in Park Ridge soon called Patina. So I'm very excited about that. But let's continue talking about Cider Week. That's our focus right now. Hanging out with Katie. Morgan and uh, Paul Farvar and Carrie. Nope. Hold on a second. Hold on. I've got it. Carrie McCarsky in studio with us. Thank you. And WCPT Heartland Signal. Chicago's Progressive Talk. WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We have a full house in the WCPT studios over by here uh, on the northwest side. I'm so thrilled and having fun with our guests. We have our friend, our friend, comedian and recovering attorney and podcast host, uh, Paul Farvar, one of my very good friends, uh, who was recommended to me by Jeannie Dugan. That was yeah. how this all this how all started. Yeah, I, we I hate her Jean. now. Yeah, so. I love Jeannie Dugan. She's uh, she and I have a, a show coming up called Tequila and Shamrocks, uh, half Mexican, half Irish, 100 percent Chicago, or all Chicago. Oh, where is that? That's going to be at Joe's on Weed Street on Cinco de Mayo. Oh, we just, uh, we just locked that down. Mikey O show. Yeah, yeah, it's a Mikey O show, and he said, "Do you want to have someone open?" And I said, "Yes, I would like Jeannie Dugan." Um, so that'll be very fun. I'm very excited to work with her. Uh, we also have, we have cider expert Carrie McCarsky in studio. Is, Hi it, there. is it more of a Mo Karski? Is it... You can put that accent on the, the beginning. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging yeah. out with us yeah. and trying some of the right bee cider. It is cider. We can here to celebrate with us is our uh, our, our wonderful friend, um, Katie Morgan, one of the masterminds behind right bee cider. She developed a love for ciders while traveling in England. And I think the sound effects are fantastic. It's Thank you. Have to be embarrassed. <laughs> I thought it was a good time to open a can. It's kind of an ASMR. Oh, is there another thing. flavor? Yeah, yeah. 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 we have yeah. two more flavors. Ooh, we'll pour, oh, boy. <laughs> All right. We're not done You're yet. Just getting, it's just like communion yeah. size. Uh, I know, I, but I, I haven't had it. I've drank once in the last month, so I'm already be buzzed after like well, three I'll, days. We'll, we'll go and have something to eat after this if you want. No, I, He's like, no, I know this neighborhood. Yeah, we get good food here, Paul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, a, there's an Irish pub. There's a, there is we, an we, Irish pub. Mar, Marbella, you came. We went out to I eat. Did. That's right. Uh, yes. We, we had uh, some great sp- Spanish tapas. It was fantastic. That place is amazing. Amazing. It's like, it's you don't expect that on, you know, people just have this low expectation. Expectation. Yeah. That's not why we're magnificent. We have the Gale Street Inn. Um, 
I need to introduce you to our friend George Carzas at the Gale Street Inn as well. Maybe. Great. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Oh, everybody, you guys have one? Thank you. Okay, great. Um, so what's this one? This one is Blossom. Mm-hmm. And this is a special one because we use cherry blossom and lemon myrtle, but the actual dried plant. So it's nice and fresh and floral and tea-like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really cherry <laughs> Are you okay, Carrie? <laughs> it's floral. Wrong pipe. Wrong pipe. It tastes like flowers. I, I, yeah, so it's very floral. And a good one. <laughs> Jerry's saving her. It's okay. Yeah, thank God. All good. Thank God. So, Patty, you're probably allergic to this. It has roses in it. Probably. Does it resist it? No. 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 But it tastes like it would. Yeah, don't scare me. It could be for you. It's okay. Okay. So, and it also has some honey from our rooftop beehives as well. I love it. So it helps allergies. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Drink this one for allergies. You feel good. You dance well. Yes. Yeah. It's all good. Medicinal. You guys said it, not me. I'm just saying. We uh, we my stand dad, behind. My dad's statements. a doctor. My brother's a doctor. So and I you're a lawyer. Things, so. And you're a lawyer, so you can. It's ver- good yeah, for you. We're good to say. Drink it. it. Um, Katie was telling us that she developed her affinity for cider while it traveling in London, studying at Cambridge. Uh, some history there. I want a trip. Uh, my husband and I traveled to London for three days, and uh, so we were like, "Well, how do we? What do we see in three days?" We did the you know the British Museum and things like that, but he planned the entire thing around. Uh, pubs that had been there before the fire so they were all pubs from like cool. the, from mid 1400s wow. and before and it was amazing there was one that was uh like it had been also like a little jail like in the 11 1200s and just you know all like uh, like in the middle of a block uh we yeah we went everywhere that's so i highly recommend i know that while it's not a beard but there's ciders at all those pubs as well oh yeah yeah amazing. their cider their love of cider definitely isn't exclusive to cider yes. country in Somerset. It's all yeah. over. And so how far is Somerset from London? It was about like a two-ish hour drive west. Okay. But it's it's a fun drive. I recommend it. You can kind of go past Stonehenge and Ooh. see some of that. See, yeah. we, we traveled from uh, Cardiff in Wales uh, by train to London. We, we started in Dublin, flew to Wales, and then trained over. We also have been to uh, Carnarvon, a little bit farther north. We've been, my husband is part Welsh. So we uh, have, have you ever been, you've been to London, Paul? I've been to London. Yeah, I loved it. We should do, a, we should figure out how to do a comedy show, like have a reason to go to England. Yeah, yeah. Can I come? Yeah, but yeah. Of, yeah, of course. Okay, great. Sponsored Thanks. by. Yeah, there yes. you go. Sponsored sponsor. by Right Bee Cider. Bring Right Bee Cider to. All the comedians have to say Right Bee Cider at the beginning of it. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Oh, look, you're sitting right beside her. Are you mm-hmm. dating? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of material. There's a lot of material. There you go. But I, yeah, I love that. Uh, I love the backstory to this. And uh, and tell us about the, the space that you have. You said that it's bring your own food. Yeah. I'm guessing there's a lot of great places to order food from in Logan Square in Harasa. Yeah. yeah so um, we are. On Costner, between North and Armitage, we're just west of Logan Square. The neighborhood is Hermosa. We're in the old Schwinn Bike Building, so come check us out. Uh, we are open. We have extended hours this week, but we're normally open Wednesday to Sunday, starting at 2 p.m. Um, it's a very relaxed, come as you are place for everybody, and bring kids, bring dogs, bring food. And we don't have a kitchen. We have an awesome old popcorn machine that you can have, uh, but you can you bring order from any any place and have your food delivered. I, uh, I'm such a fan of like these smaller, like the kind of come as you are off the beaten path kind of places. There's a, a, a new uh, brewery in Norwood Park. I think it's Imperial. I have to take a look, but it's, I just took a friend of mine there, uh, Rob Austin, who was on last week. And uh, it's just such a, it, like it, there's just, you can see the passion of the people that are running these businesses. And Chicago has such a great landscape of small business owners. And do you find that in, in Hermosa, there's a, a good network of folks 
that support each other? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're all kind of in the same boat. I think that that, you know, my husband was a professional beer brewer for many years in the Chicago beer scene. The community of that is just awesome. And we still, even though we're insider now, we still consider ourselves very much a part of that. And a lot of the local uh, brewery tap rooms have us on tap or we'll have our cider available there too. So it's a very collaborative um, community, which is really cool. And we were the first cidery. We started in 2014, but now you have Eris, which is awesome. And you also have two fulls in Naperville. It's a little farther out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also more coming, which is great. I mean, we definitely believe the more the merrier. You can see with the Chicago beer scene how that happened. And we're excited to kind of help in any way we can to foster that type of cider community here what uh what does it feel like when you see that you're on tap at a, like that i mean that had to be it's it's kind of like hearing your album on the radio like oh. yeah I, it doesn't it doesn't get old i mean that Yay. there's definitely okay so being a small business owner is very romanticized and a lot of people think it's really fun all the time but that it's not it's really, it's just not. But there are things that are really, really great. You know, anytime we're in the tap room and we actually get to share our cider with real people that are enjoying it, we can share the story with people. Um, you know, when we go in a place where I didn't know it was on the menu and it's a surprise, or somebody that is brand new that walks in and I go up to their table, I'm like, how do you know about us? Like, where did you have our cider? And it's so cool to see more and more people. I mean, we've been around for eight years, but we're still a small business. And um, it's so fun to see that snowball kind of picking up and people that I met at a grocery store tasting at Jewel four years ago that now came in. And I mean, I'm all over the place at beer fests and things. So it's really fun to finally have a like a spot that they can come they can see where it's made my husband charlie works a lot of the you know tap room shifts that he's they were there all the time our kids are there all the time so people can really be a part of it that's wonderful and is does it help if someone's like in a, in a tavern or a pub and they're like hey do you have ripey cider does it does it help where customers let's let, let's say our cedar our cider siren it's a hard <laughs> a thing to say it's hard to say cider siren. is my name it's carrie mccarsky committing to it committing to it uh do you ever go in and would you like could you see yourself going into a bar that you you frequent and say hey have you considered carrying right beside her i would yeah i would oh yeah we love that yeah Absolutely. Anything that could help spread the word. And you can also, you know, let us know, too. You can send us an email, info at Right Cider, and say, hey, this is my local watering hole. Please, can you get your cider in here? Then when we'll go in, message me on Instagram, tell people about us. Yeah, we... Yes. Yes. We love Let's, that. We have to put a call into our good friend George Carzas from the uh, Gale Street Inn because I think that I think that a nice cider with a slab of ribs is, I Don, mean, sounds I'm, amazing. Yeah. Do you do pairings like food pairings ever? I mean, I, mean yeah. I don't claim to be any kind of expert while doing that. We've done a lot of events like that. Uh-huh. We did a whole dinner at the Chopping Block a few years ago where they had every course paired with one of our ciders, which was really cool. Um, we've done events. With outside companies, you know, like a pastry chef and different kind of cheeses. Mm-hmm. But just like beer and wine, I mean, it really lends itself to food. So Absolutely. A listener asks, uh, Patty, uh, can uh, are, are dogs allowed at your Yes, venue? please bring your dogs. <laughs> yes, we love that. We do a lot of fun dog events, too. We're having on February 11th, we have... Um, a dog Valentine's oh, what? party. So Come you, on. Yeah, there's this awesome, our friend Sarah Thompson. Hi, Sarah. Shout out, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Um, 
she has a company called Westside Paw Walkers, and you, she usually sets up a cute little photo booth so you can take a picture with your dog. How we sweet. do. Um, we do. That's you're just encouraging bad behavior. But, yeah. there's like, but there's so many. I thought you were going to set the dogs up for the Valentine's. That well, would make they, more sense. They can be in it. It's okay. what, it, what you do you, whatever mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. But there's so many, you know, couple things on Valentine's Day. We ought to have some something different. So we do a Halloween dog costume contest, Valentine's things. Yes, bring your dogs. We love that. Yes. After Paul and I just talked about how some people have an unhealthy mm-hmm. relationship with their dogs. Yeah. She's like, we have photo booths. For you well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't personally have a dog, so we oh, get to live vicariously, vicariously through sure. other people who have dogs. I'm telling you, I live across the street from a park that has a fence uh, around the entire, you know, the whole field, and uh, I live vicariously. That people bring, I mean, it's not a dedicated dog park, but it's turned into one, and um, and if somebody yelled at me one day because uh, they didn't see Declan with his walker trying to get through the fence. We had op- I kind of had it open ahead of him, and she's like, "Close the gate!" because she was worried about her dog. And I was like, and I came through with Declan with the walker, and I was like, "Excuse me." And so I, I, I inadvertently had a conversation with someone who then reported to the park district uh, head there, and she went. I said, "Dogs are no longer allowed." And like for a couple weeks, this dog wasn't at the park, but everybody else was there because she was the one that got yelled at. And I felt so guilty because I loved her dog. Have it's, you ruined it? I, they're back. Okay. I call her dog the pony because it's it's like one of those like it's like great Dane. It's a, I don't know like it's just it's like Mar- whatever Marmaduke was. I guess is he a Great Dane? He was a big red dog. That's all I know. Yeah, so it's just massive. And uh, anyway, I feel better that the that my pony's back. I'm like you. I live vicariously because my husband, every time I see a dog and then my voice goes up, look at you. He's like, no, you cannot have a dog. I know. I just can't have another living thing in my house that's dependent on me for survival mm-hmm. at this time. I mean, no. there are two kids. Yeah. My husband, Charlie, you know, yeah. Yeah. he can't take care of himself. It's fine. <laughs> Just kidding, Charlie. He's listening in the tap room. Hi, everybody at the right beside her tap room. Love you, Charlie. So in my, in my house, it would it, we all know that Steve would be responsible for the dog. I would be like the kid who begs for the dog, and I'll take care of it, mm-hmm. and I'll feed him, and I'll walk him, and, and Steve's out there you know, in the freezing cold. So I'm not allowed to have a dog. And I probably would have it unhealthy. I want a little... Okay, let's not get into that. So we have one more. We have another another yes. oh another tasting. This is a really really fun story. Uh, this is one of our specialty limited release ciders. We only make it. Uh, we've been making it about once a year. Maybe we'll kind of increase that to twice a year. But mm-hmm. it's called oh. Muzzle of Bees. It's a Wilco song. Yes, yeah. Patty it doesn't is. know who Wilco is. I don't know it's what fine. That means. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. So Wilco is an awesome Chicago band, and Muzzle of Bees is one of their songs. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Charlie, I can't taste any of these. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Charlie emailed them just to contact us on their website, and and at like midnight, and said, "Hey guys, can we use the name of your song on one of our ciders? We're a local business, you know." And I either thought they would never respond mm-hmm. because. Why would they? Or that they would respond because they seem like nice guys and just be like, you know, no, we can't do that. We can't attach our name to any business, let alone an alcohol business for a million reasons, which we would have understood. Sure. But they responded so quickly. I think within like a day, if I remember. And they said, sure. And here's our designer, Bridget Pearson. She was fantastic. She's going to help you design the label. And we were just floored. It was so cool. That's awesome. We're big Wilco fans. Same. We would have been forever anyway. And now we're just 
extra oh, fans. That's we, so cool. It was it was just so so great. We got really fun write ups in the Trib about it. Inter- Wilco fans from all over the world were contacting what? us to see if they could get it somehow. Amazing. A lot of people from different publications were asking me what our strategy was, and I'm like, I don't know. We just emailed their contact us. <laughs> <They're super laughs> cool. Just ask. That's our They're that's our advice. Cool. That's just so ask cool. them. So. Tastes great. Thank you. Okay, so this has... This is the best one. I think you'll like it because it's the sweetest one. Mm -hmm. So we add a little more honey. Again, our hives are managed by the Hive Supply, an awesome local company. If you're interested in beekeeping, contact them. Uh, A portion of the proceeds from this cider go to help our beekeepers. And there's also elderflower in it. So it is the... um, Elderflower? Elderflower. Oh. Well, elder is older, right? Yeah, whatever you want to call it. That'll, that'll do. I see what you mean. Yeah. Maybe it was just a name of somebody named Elder. Or flowers. Like so, and no. something extra special about this cider. So my favorite thing that we do that's only available at our tap room is barrel aging. So we took this cider, which is um, one of our special ones. We aged it in a Koval distillery bourbon barrel. And we put it in a special bottle with a special label, and it's being released this week. Okay, so we're having a party on Saturday about that. Um, it's on draft right now at our tap room, and we are selling a few bottles this week, but the big party is on Saturday. So um, we have a bunch of fun events I can talk about. Yeah, too. Okay, so... Today is just kind of like open house. If you're in the area, come hang. We're not normally open on Tuesdays, but we're open till 10 tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, Tomorrow we have a new flavor release. We're releasing, it's a pomegranate, blueberry, and acai berry. It's really, really lovely. And that's limited quantity only while supplies last. We just did one small keg of it. On Thursday we do... Berlin style ping pong, which if you don't know what that is, it's not. super fun. So think, but I want to know. Yeah, yeah. think yeah. musical chairs, but with a ping pong paddle. So you get however many people, maybe fifteen, twenty people, and you're kind of shoulder to shoulder, and you hit once, and then move around the table. So everybody kind of circles around the table. So you have to try to hit the ball as it's coming in. But yeah, one time, and then the you get out person. of the way. Oh my gosh! And then if you miss, it sounds amazing. If, a lot of if, coordination. If involved. you miss, you're out. Sure. So it's just, assume, it's just really assume fun. I'm already out. I'm just out right now. Can I just I keep drinking? You won't know yes. until you try. Don't doubt yourself. You it can jump on the ABV, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. 100%. But, um, and then on Friday, we're doing a fun bingo night we're with a lot of prizes, gift cards, cider, merch, things like that. And then on Saturday is the Cider Week wrap-up party. We're um, releasing or celebrating because it's still currently available. But we're celebrating our barrel-aged Muzzle of Bees Cider. We're having a Polly G's pizza pop-up from 3 to 7. They're going to be making pizzas in the tap room. And it was Charlie's birthday yesterday. It's my birthday on Thursday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to both of you. Thank you. Coincidence that it's Insider Week. I think it's fate. So since we're all friends now, you guys can come to my birthday party. Everybody listening, you can come to my birthday party too. And how late are you? Uh, uh, are these- Until midnight. So we oh. have extended hours. We're open 2 to midnight on Saturday. Um, I would like to, everybody to come every night, but if you have to pick one, that would be your night. That's the one? Because I'm going to be yeah. at the, I'm broadcasting live from the mayoral forum at Copernicus Center, and then I'm there for the event, but maybe we can go afterwards. Yes, just come. Come hang. We'll so, be there. So I have to, is there anything you want to make sure you tell people about? Because I have to, we have to get going soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, just the, the website? Yes. Our website, rightbcider.com. Um, follow us on whatever social media you use. Tell your friends. Come visit us. And we're excited to see you this week. We're celebrating cider and 
we can't wait to see you. So come visit the tap room. Where can people get muzzle bees if they want to get it online? So on the website, the only no? cans left are actually at our tap room right now. Wow. Also, I'm forgetting to tell people where to buy it. You can look at. Um, we're at a lot of bars and restaurants around Chicago, but as far as retail, Jewel, Binnie's, Whole Foods, um, little local places like Bitter Pops, Bottles and Cans, Beer Miscuous, um, and a lot of other independent liquor stores as well. So if you go somewhere and you don't see it on the shelf, send me a message and I'll get it there for you. Before we run, uh, Carrie, what's uh, my, my cider siren? Yes. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I don't, I don't want to put it. I don't want to. I know that they're her babies. It's a little It's okay. Ba- I will be offended. Okay. I, I'm still liking the rose. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. The rose? All right. Yeah. Yeah, the Paul, did you have a favorite? Bees was by far the best oh. one. Because yeah. <laughs> of Wilco? Well, and... that too. But yeah, I like the taste of that. I mean, they were all really good. I'm so uh, Rose you. was like my least favorite of all of them, really? to be honest with you. Yeah. But I like Clementine. I like the, the, the special, or semi-dry as well. Everyone's different. Yeah. yeah. There's something for everybody. Lady B, I, I made sure that she saved uh, some, a can or two for you as well. I would not do that to you, my friend. Uh, and I get to try whatever's left over oh. in this room. Yes. Also, we have, besides these flavors that we've tried tonight, we always have some taproom exclusive flavors that we only sell there. So oh, we have on. a berry, a melon, a rhubarb, hopped. There's a always rhubarb? something. So yeah. Cool. Rhubarb is on tap now. It's it's fantastic. So there's always something fun and new um, that you'll be able to experience when you come in. So you have to come visit us. Well, Katie, I'm so thrilled that you came and visited Thank us. You for I having can't me. believe it's been so long since I've seen you, and uh, I'm just so impressed and dazzled by the work that you guys do at Right Beside Her. And Thank uh, I look you. forward to seeing you again. Thank you so much, and happy birthday. Hopefully, I can be there on Thursday. Thanks. If. Uh, if uh, I think I have to. Let's take a break here and wrap up in just a moment. I got to clear the studio because we have uh, uh, a. I, I, I turn the station over in just a moment. The Hal Sparks Radio Program. This is the week that Steve Bannon perp walked. Do you have a round of applause? Uh, I do. I do. I'll call them up. It'll take. That's not it. No, that's the sound of people seeing the spot on his forehead when he walks into the chair. That's not it either. That's the wrong one. Uh, that's the owning the libs meeting <laughs> call. He looked great. Yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? He was wearing makeup. Hal Sparks, Saturdays from 11 to 1 on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Patty on WCPT 820. want to thank our guests again for joining us in studio. Our friend Katie Morgan from Right Beside Her. Don't forget, it is Cider Week. Visit them at right, rightbesideher.com, B-E-E-Cider.com. Thank you, Paul and Carrie. I've got to run because I turned the station over. Have a great night, everybody. We're back tomorrow. Dan Schaefer. We're going to talk to someone about EPA enforcement. And uh, we've got so much going on tomorrow. Our friends from Schoolhouse Kitchen. Good night, everybody. Bye, Lady B. Mike Kreutz up next with Devil's Advocate.